So how many days is it today? Um, 38, I think. 37. 37. We have numbers on the kitchen pantry door for the kids to pull off a new number every day. Yep, we made a down. countdown at 60 days. I thought that would help the kids with the anticipation of it. Yeah, and then we wouldn't have to answer that question every day and calculate it in our heads so they can just look and, and know. <laughs> yeah. What, what is it? I, some people might not know what we're talking about. It's when we leave here. Okay. So it's not when we arrive in America, but it's when we leave Malawi. For our seven-month furlough to raise support and visit uh, churches and supporters in the United States for seven months. That's right. And we are sitting in one of the guest houses, and we actually have all of our suitcases out already, like packing in progression around us right now. Yeah, I it might have been a little premature, but we thought since we had the space to do it, we went ahead and brought up some of the things we've been collecting. Um, we had a lot of people generously buy us uh, things for our carry-ons to entertain the kids mostly uh, for the trip back to America, and we're super thankful for those. So I finally got those out and organized them by kid. Mm-hmm. And just kind of starting to get that ball rolling about thinking about what we're going to take with us. Yeah. So um, ministry-wise, things are still happening. And we next week, uh, we have pastor training starting in the Lower Shiri, and then we do it again in Zomba the week after that. And then we go straight into uh, the, the final project for the students of Shepherds Academy graduation. And then... The next week we leave on a on an airplane. This is gonna be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy month. Like April was crazy and it's just gonna be crazier. Yeah. So be praying for us um, as we make all those preparations. And specifically, one prayer request is that uh, our paperwork with immigration. We've applied to renew our permit to live in Malawi, and we were expecting it about right now, but it hasn't come in yet. Not yet freaking out, but (laughs) um, in another week or two, I might be. So uh, be praying that that gets finished before we have to leave, because it can be a, a headache if we're needing to leave and it's not done and processed. So we have a special guest on the podcast today. You and Isaac are talking about marriage. Yeah, and it ended up being a long conversation, which is typical of when Isaac and I get together. We just tend to keep going. Um, But I do just want to give a warning out there to any listeners. If you have little ears around, you might want to save this for a time when it's just you because um, we, we try to keep it PG, but... Uh, you might not want any questions about the birds and the bees or something. So uh, if that's you, you may just want to listen to it uh, without little ears With your headphones in. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode and learn a lot about the challenges that we face ministering in this culture.
I'm Josh. And I'm Stacey Lee. We're missionaries in Malawi with Gospel Life Global Missions. And this is the Gospel Life Podcast, where we talk about missions, Malawi, and more. Well, I'm here with Isaac Zimbili, and if you haven't listened to the show before, Isaac is one of our co-workers at Gospel Life. He's one of my fellow professors at Shepherd's Academy, translator, evangelist, <laughs> uh, you know, all of the above. And um, he's been on the show a couple of times before, so you can go back and see some of those episodes. But the reason that Isaac is here today is that in the last episode or two episodes ago, we did a cultural tidbit about marriage. And it was in the midst of recording that we realized that this actually should be an entire Episode. Episode, true. Yeah. So, Isaac, let's just get everybody caught up on that conversation from last time. We talked about how there are basically kind of four types of marriage yeah. in Malawi. Yes, so, what yes. are those four types? Yeah. So, we discussed of uh, a marriage where people just live in, they will come together and just start living together. Mm-hmm. And we also talked of uh, a marriage where it's more like traditional marriage where they go to a village headman and then the headman, uh, this village headman uh, uh, helped them to uh, to come together with other uncles. And, uh, and then we also talked of uh, a government uh, official marriage where you go to the government and they give you a certificate. And the last one was at the church where the pastor officiate the marriage. Yeah, so we also talked about how those aren't exclusive categories. Mm-hmm. So like it's not like you pick one of the four, but you could have overlapping right. different ceremonies and different things. So you can get married in the church and have the government certificate, which is True. what most of us from the West are used to. Yeah. Um, but you know, you could get married in the village under the chief and then later apply for the certificate. True. You could do it in the church as well. You right. could do all three. <laughs> um, but then, of course, you have the uh, first one you mentioned, which uh, is is a little different in the way we think in the West and the way we think here. Because in the West, if, I'm, if I have a girlfriend and we decide we want to move in together, uh-huh. we know we're not married. Mm. We're just living Living together together, and um if we come from a christian background we we may feel some conviction about Mm -hmm. that Uh, if not then we probably don't feel any conviction Conviction. that's just you know what people do but we don't call confuse living together with with your boyfriend or girlfriend with marriage Mm. whereas here if someone's living together uh they just once you move in, you just consider yourself as, as, as married. married. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, uh, I think they, it's important to clarify that, uh, that uh, here, uh, when you're living in, it's two people who have decided to uh, get married without any formal arrangements or from a traditional point of view, what they just decide to live together and they consider themselves as married. Yeah. Then later on, maybe they introduce each other to their parents, but they have been married like for a, a longer period mm-hmm. of time. And a lot of those marriages begin with uh, a pregnancy. Yes, they do. 
So the guy gets the girl pregnant, so they move in together, mm. and now they're married and they're raising the child together. Um, and to in their minds, it is marriage. Right. Uh, but at the same time, because it started in that way, there isn't the accountability mm. that mm. comes with some of the other uh, forms of marriage. So once you're done, mm. you want to get out, you right. just move out. Right. There's not, there's no, you know, court decrees or paperwork or any ceremony or anything. You just, you're in, you're out. Right. Just like people in the West, if you get tired of your boyfriend you're living with, you can just move out. Right, um, right, right. The difference is that that label and that understanding of marriage, which really makes it difficult in churches. Yeah, it does. It does. And uh, um, uh, some of the things which we have uh, experienced in uh, in churches, uh, it's even uh, how to to conduct church discipline, and where mm -hmm. the husband is uh, not faithful to the wife, uh, and their marriage didn't even start rightly to start yeah. with. Uh, so it becomes so challenging, and uh, you uh, you find that uh, this man uh, goes to this different church mm -hmm. this lady goes to this different church yeah. and uh, because they just decide to live together and they uh, they have different kinds of beliefs and you, it's also difficult for a church to help if, if, if there is a problem in such situations yeah um yeah so uh, we find ourselves in a lot of problems in the church because of how of how these marriages have uh, uh, have started yeah. their foundation yeah. yeah. And would you say that was not, if you go back 50 years ago in Malawian society, that was not something that was happening? No, it yet. wasn't. It was, in fact, by then, uh, traditional marriage was very important and yeah. it was part of the culture. I remember um, um, my dad tell, uh, telling me of a story that even in Mangochi, among the, uh, the Yaos by then, so uh, for those who don't understand, Mangochi is a city south of the lake. It's kind of the homeland of the Yao tribe, which yeah. are Muslim majority. Um, so your father comes from that area. Yes, he he, yeah. he is from that side. Uh, so by then, that time, even when you find somebody, uh, when a, a, a girl has been impregnated mm -hmm. uh, outside marriage, uh, what they called marriage by then, uh, from their traditional beliefs, uh, they that was the, an abom abomination to the land, and they could take them to a, a very far uh, hill. They'll bend them there. Wow. Yeah. So it was very serious, and uh, they, they they so uh, uh, marriage was respected in that way, mm -hmm. uh, traditionally speaking. Uh, but after the uh, the civilization and uh, yeah, things have just been changing, and uh, so let's let's help people understand what we mean by traditional marriage. Of course, there are different tribes in Malawi. Yeah, different tribes have different customs, but in general, there's some common uh, practices that are followed across the tribes. Right. So, right. Uh, let's just kind of go through. If you're a young man in a village. And you want to marry a, a young girl, and um, 
and you want to do it right under the traditional customs, mm. what do you, what happens? So uh, firstly, um, so uh, I will also explain that tradition has changed a little bit. Yeah. Because by then, uh, it was your parents who will find a wife for you. Okay. So you don't get the, <laughs> get the pick. Yeah. Your parents so, get the pick. Yeah. So, <laughs> but things have changed. Yeah. But um, in a general sense, uh, when uh, you have found a, a girl to marry, you have you were to go to your uh, ankles uh-huh. and explain to them that uh, I have uh, this girl whom I want to marry. Yeah. And your ankles were are supposed to go to your your parents to inform them. Now it's specifically in tribes that uh, are matrilineal. That yeah. is, they they uh, have their unity around the mother's fam- yes. side of the family. Yes, so yes. a child is born, they're considered part of the mother's side of the family. Therefore, the uncle you're talking about is your mother's brother. Yes, okay? yes, yes, yes. Now, in patrilineal, where the child born is considered part of the, 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 the father's, father's family, side, yeah. then would that be the father's brother? So it will be the, uh, the, the yeah, from the father's side, okay. uh, where they more like uh, take a little bit of a charge. Yeah, and helping you because at that moment you also have to pray uh, to pay a bright price, and the father yeah. side is very uh, uh, key in helping you to yeah. pay all of those things. So this is kind of like the idea is the uncle, therefore, is kind of like the patriarch of yes. the family. Yes, yes. So he's he's the one that needs to be consulted yes. for these big he's, decisions. Yeah, he's more like the owner of the family, uh, the, the household. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're you're bringing someone from the outside in, and you're going to create new members of the family. So this is a big big decision yeah not just yeah. for you it's for the entire, the entire family. family right yeah whereas you know from the western perspective i don't care what my parents think about obviously as a christian i cared but yeah. most people <laughs> i don't care what my parents think they can take it or leave it i'm gonna marry the girl i love yeah. kind of perspective that that was not no. the way things no. operated no. here traditionally no. yeah so it's more like uh, even your own children are not personally yours. Yeah. They are for the entire community of yeah. uh, that household. Yeah. Um, and and that's that has positive uh, aspects and that has negative, negative aspects. Yes. So yes. Uh, the positive aspect is, uh, okay, so if we're in a matrilineal tribe, right. like uh, the Yao tribe is matrilineal, the Chewa tribe, the yes, Lomwe, yes, yes, yes. most of them in the area around Zomba where we live. Uh, if it, our children, me and Stacy's children, belong to Stacy's family, mm. uh, which means that if me and Stacy die, they already have built in a safety net yes, of yes. aunts and uncles and grandparents that can take them, mm. uh, which is why I think a lot of people from America need to understand there's not really a need for orphanages right. in Africa. True, true. Like there, there is already a family which is responsible to take care of their children. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that concept from the West of oh, we've got to go build orphanages for African children. Right. Like it, it's sad to say there there's always going to be a need for some. There's going to be some people who fall through that safety yes, net. Yes. But at the same time, a lot of orphanage 
orphanages have created the problem mm. because they've created a place where, you know, if you're having trouble financially, mm. you just drop the kid off. And, and then, the kid, the, yeah. The kid has family. Mm, it's, it's not like and, and in the yeah. Western perspective where like an orphan is somebody who has no family. Mm. And that's not the case in these no, that's orphanages. Not. Yeah, that's, I think you have pointed out a very important aspect where uh, it, it's not an issue that this uh, child has no one to take care, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but uh, to take care of him but, or her. But it's an issue of uh, financial problem. So yeah. if I can't manage to take care of this kid, and then there is an orphanage there, I'll just take the, the child yeah. there. Yeah, and, and that creates tons of problems because an orphanage, even the best orphanage, is basically a prison for children. Mm -hmm. Like you, mm -hmm. It's not a place where family life happens, mm. where children can develop normally. Right. Uh, you know, it's very traumatic. So the best thing that can be done is not to build orphanages, but to support families right. to take care of the the children, the orphans among them that right. they're caring for. Right. But anyways, that's the positive side <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that there's this social safety net mm. of the big family that mm. takes care of one another. The negative side is some of the things we've heard in ministry where there's a father who is having difficulties with his wife or his children, and he says things like, well, they're not even my children. Right, right. Actually, actually uh, the, it's so easy for uh, for husbands to leave, uh, uh, to leave children and the wife and go to another, another, uh, and marry another wife. Yeah. Uh, like, they divorce, if we may say that way. Yeah. Uh, they would divorce their uh, wives and uh, leave the children, and they don't, bo uh, they are not bothered about it. Yeah. Because it, uh, technically the children are not his even. Yeah. They are for the wife's side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I've I've said to the church before, you know, talking about that uh, topic, I, I said, you know, how did these children come about? You know, <laughs> did they just poof out of nowhere? <laughs> of course they're your children. You right, have responsibility right. for them, even if your tradition says... Yeah. They belong to and, the wife's family. And actually, just uh, recently, um, there was this guy who divorced his wife because they had uh, a disabled child. Mm. And uh, so they have a disabled child with this woman. And the guy just decided, oh, since I have a disabled child with this woman, maybe every children whom I will bear will be disabled. So it's yeah. better I divorce her with that child. I will marry another one, yeah. Because I'm, I don't want to be very much responsible with those uh, those kids, yeah. And he mm -hmm. doesn't feel any wrong in doing that. that because that's of horrible. The culture. That's horrible. But okay, so we've kind of gone afield. We're back to you are you you want to get married? You talk to your uncles. Yes, yeah, so you you talk to your uncles. And then they are, the uncles are the ones to inform you of that your parents and uh, so and, and from there that's when they will uh, make a debt to go and see the uncles of the or the the girl whom you are interested in yeah and then they will make those agreements after mm -hmm. that that's when they'll set a day uh, for that wording and then yeah. they'll inform the chief also uh, to be the witness uh, mm -hmm. uh, in that ceremony. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and they usually you have to give a little gift to the chief, of yes, some money yes, or something. Yes. Yes. So, um, right now the things are changing. So they yeah. charge you, but by then you just take maybe uh, either sugar or what, and you just give the chief yeah. any gift you feel like you want to give to the chief. Yeah. And so, and so it's almost seen like, uh, uh, could we say a treaty between these two families? Yes, like, yes, yes. Here's an agreement that we're going to kind of be in an alliance. Yes, that yes. is these two coming together. Right. And so they, uh, it's more where uh, they uh, it, it's like they're making a covenant and they they exchange actually uh, chicken. So you have uh -huh. uh, a hen, and then you have the uh, uh, they uh, from the male side they'll bring uh, a male chicken and then from the wife side yeah. uh, a female chicken then yeah. they will exchange uh -huh. and that exchange uh, by exchanging they are bonding that now you take care of that one we we'll take care of this one if there is any yeah. problem we'll come and help yeah so you make that exchange there's that bond that's created but at the same time it's not the biblical bond no. of we see in Genesis chapter two, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Right. So the husband is still, they're not like considered as a family. No. The husband is still considered part of his family. The wife is still considered part of her family. And even when you have like family meetings, mm. you go to your respective family <laughs> yes, meetings, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I think, yeah, um, uh, from a biblical point of view, the two become like one fresh. While on this side, you have uh, two chickens which are being represented here. So <laughs> it's not as if they are one. Uh -huh. <laughs> the, one, uh, the, the other chicken goes to the uh, female side, the yeah. other one from uh, to the male side. Yeah. Now, if there is any disagreement where they can't resolve those issues, uh, those uh, differences, mm -hmm. it's very easy to break the relationship. Yeah, uh, it's more like you just uh, take the chicken which you got back to the people who gave you, yeah. and then uh, it's okay. We are taking care of this chicken, so take it back and give us our own. Yeah, that's the end of the issue. Yeah. So uh, there is no one fr uh, fresh concept in this yeah. kind. So, of, uh, like in the West, sometimes you'll hear a story, like a real story about someone, or maybe it's in a movie or something where there's some sort of conflict between the husband's mother and the wife. Mm. And that it gets so severe to the point that someone will say, yes, that's your mother, but this is your wife. Mm. So basically you have to tell your mother, like I'm standing by my wife right, because right, right. that relationship is, is more significant than your relationship than your, yeah. to your, to your mother. And if you have to choose, you're going to choose your wife over your mother. Whereas in this traditional way, it would be the opposite. It will, yes, very much opposite. So, and that's why I think uh, when you mentioned about the meetings, yeah, uh, your first allegiance is that your uh, your family where you came from. Yeah, and uh, you 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 that, uh, we have seen a, a lot of uh, families which are actually get so destroyed because uh, maybe the wife doesn't want the husband to be giving money to the to the to the mother. So then the, uh, the husband will say, if you don't want me to be giving money to my mother, then you're out, okay? Yeah. It's better I take care of my mother and 
Uh, so you can see that uh, his first uh, allegiance is uh, his mother, not his wife. Yeah. So uh, he could even let the wife go on uh, if yeah, she comes between him and his, his mother. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's open. Yeah. And traditionally, this is ingrained even in where you live. Mm -hmm. So um, when you marry as a man in a matrilineal family, you move to where the wife's family is. Yes, yes. Um, and so there, are, I remember reading a proverb from the Yao tribe that said, uh, Billy Goat, you will not rise to the top of the hill here, <laughs> which was meaning the husband is not going to come to the top of the of the tribe yeah. or the village yeah. uh, because he's a stranger right. in that place. He's he's considered like a foreigner. A foreigner, yes, yeah. yes. He's just uh, he has just come in, and any time he might leave. If yeah. the if the wife dies. He's sent back home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's and then not the, there just to stay. the opposite in the patrilineal tribes, like the Sina tribe, where we minister in the lower Shiri, the wife moves to the husband. The husband. Yeah. Um, and therefore, when he dies, she's sent packing, even if it's been what? 50 years. Yes. She, she, uh, she will go back home to yeah. her parents' side. Yeah, so I think uh, from a tra tradition point of view, those are things which really make uh, a traditional marriage. Yeah. Really, yeah. Um, yeah. But the good thing about it is there, there's a very clear um, point at which you weren't married and you are married. Yes. Um, and to end a traditional marriage, you you are supposed to go through the notification of the chief, yes, right? Yes, so, so, you, uh, the, the, so the uncles, they have to come back again. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to discuss this issue until they take back to the chief and then that marriage is uh, dissolved. Yeah, so there, there's a formal beginning and there should be at least a formal, a formal ending. ending. Yes. Um, which is a very clear marker of this person's married, this person's not married. We don't have to really explain in depth uh, a government marriage to people yeah. or church marriage. I think everybody, it's not any different from the West, except for the fact that in the West, as a pastor, I cannot... I'm not supposed to marry someone in the church if they don't also have the the government certificate. Mm. So it's not something that can be separated. Right. Like it is part of my duty mm. as a minister recognized by the Commonwealth of Kentucky right. or the state of Florida or wherever to make sure that they have their certificate. I've signed it. They're going to hand it back in like it's really tied together huh. uh, whereas here it's more like what what they do in a lot of european countries you can take it or leave it right. one or the other right. or both or whatever um, sometimes you have the ceremony at the courthouse on a certain day and then another day you have a and it's all separate and um but but other than that uh it's very much close to what we are used to now Going back to the living together type of marriage, mm. one thing that took me a little bit to kind of get my mind to understand after moving to Malawi is sometimes you, I would hear, okay, such and such, this pastor 
over at this church, we found out that he has multiple wives. Mm. Okay, so um, I'm thinking, how do you? How did you not know that right. this person had multiple <laughs> wives? Because in a uh, kind of outsider point of view, the having multiple wives would mean like you have one house or a compound of right. houses where you have three wives or four wives all living there together. Right. Um, and it's a formal arrangement. So like everybody would know, mm. but what they were talking about was basically adultery. Right. And, um, and, but they were calling it having multiple wives because it was more than just him sleeping with this other woman. He had taken some level of responsibility. Sometimes he'd live here. Right. Sometimes he'd live here. It'd be like in different villages and things. It would be separate. Uh, but it, it would be what we call in America having multiple families. Mm. So like sometimes you'll have this guy who's like a, a fraud. Mm who he, he has a family here, but he travels for business and that woman doesn't know he also has a family in the city <laughs> right. over here. And um, that's more like what they're they're doing. Yes, yes. And it's because of this confusion between living together and marriage and where's the line and yes. it gets very confusing. Yes, yes. And... Uh, I think uh, this has been accepted in the uh, in the in our society um, uh, because even when we talk just uh, aside the pastors, mm -hmm. but let's talk about like the village headman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they uh, uh, they have many wives, mm -hmm. um, but these wives which they have, it's not as if there was this. A, tra a traditional marriage which happened and, yeah. uh, uh, and they married them. No, mm -hmm. they just went to the, the, the to another village and find a woman. Then they they married that person uh, with their uh, with between those two people agreed yeah. to to be in marriage. Yeah, uh, and uh, she, uh, the, the 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 man will go to that village and stay there for some uh, some days and come yeah. back and then we'll go to another village stay yeah. there for some uh, so uh they 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 uh, from the uh, from the chiefs they believe that they can't only have one one woman whom they married mm -hmm. they have to have other women yeah. whom they have married though it was not uh, officially uh, mm -hmm. like the way the traditional marriage work, but yeah. they still consider them as their homes where they would go and uh, and stay there yeah. for a while. Yeah. And it, what's interesting is that you mentioned like in, in the Yao tribe when they would burn uh, girls who got pregnant outside yes. of marriage. On the other hand, the traditional ceremonies of the tribes encourage... Uh, sexual sexual experience. Yes, yes, um, yes. So when you're around puberty age, as a boy or as a girl, you are taken out into the bush. Yes. For these traditional initiation ceremonies, mm -hmm. uh, for the males that includes circumcision, and um, you are told, you're. It's kind of like sex education. Yes. So you are told how it works and um and also you know how to do it well and, and please yeah. the other person right. 
mostly the girls are told that. The boys, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Because it's all about them. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of that, that week or two weeks, uh, how long does that take? Almost a month. Almost a month. At the end of that month, you're told to go home and practice what you've learned. Yes, actually, the very day they are more like graduating. Yeah. <laughs> they are, the very day when they finish their, their, their lessons and they are coming out, there is like a party. Mm-hmm. The whole village comes, uh, comes in to celebrate these uh, people who have been initiated yeah. into adulthood. And uh, that very night, that's when they are told to practice things which yeah. they were at. Yeah, the way I taught at that yeah. place. So the girls that have been initiated are, and the guys who have been initiated are looking for one another to have their first experience. Yes, yes. And uh, I read about the Yao that they are actually told, and I think this is probably common with a lot of tribes, the girls are told that if they don't, then their fertility will like shrivel up and mm, die. So mm. they'll become infertile mm. if they don't have this experience. experience. That's true. That's true. And it, this, uh, this has really uh, affected. And, and I, I, I think uh, that even the problems which we have in marriages today, where we have uh, husbands who are not faithful, Mm-hmm. Uh, to their wives has been filled in, uh, filled by these traditions. Yeah. And uh, as we were just, uh, you, as we were bringing in this issue, I was thinking of uh, an, an, another situation where, uh, from the traditional point of view, uh, where husbands, uh, they are uh, actually, so when a baby is born, for example, yeah. uh, there is this what they call that uh, you don't want to uh, to bring any case or any disease on the child if uh-huh. you sleep out yeah. uh, with, with another so, woman. So you're saying the idea is if you're committing adultery after you've had a baby, then you could bring a, a disease or a curse yes. that can affect the child. The child, right, yeah. right. So to prevent that, they have uh, a solution uh-huh. uh, where you have to either wash your hands or you have to... So, uh, so let me guess, the solution is not... Don't commit adultery. No, 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 no. That's not the solution. That's not the solution. The solution is something else. It's something else. (laughs) They tell you go and uh, uh, take leaves from a certain tree. You more like whip yourself. Mm -hmm. Then others will say you have to uh, jump uh, uh, a certain wood and then you can come in. uh, uh, Others will say when you come in, don't touch cup. Uh, yeah. The cup which you use to drink water. Yeah. If you do that, you might bring a curse on the child. So you can see, even in that kind of a tradition, actually, it is just uh, uh, opening our yeah. mind to be unfit. It's, it's saying it's okay <laughs> as long as you follow this, everything will work you, out. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know, people wonder, like, why, why the massive HIV/AIDS problem? In Africa, yeah, yeah, you know, why is it that it spread so horribly here? Mm. Um, and you see, when you have traditions like this, mm. um, just how how rampant right. um, sexual immorality is, mm. and how easily uh, those diseases can pass right. from one person to another. 
Yeah, and uh, you uh, you mentioned of, uh, the uh, in the like uh, mainly in uh, in Mangochim. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you have uh, uh, these uh, children. Uh, they are introduced to sex, and then they start doing practicing that yeah. even before marriage. And uh, just taking, for example, Mangochi. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's an immoral place. They yeah. even tell you if you are going to Mangochi to maybe work. Uh-huh. They will tell you that you can't come here without your wife. Yeah, uh, it's either you're going to leave your wife. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have other women. Yeah. Because the women in Mangochi, they are trained to uh, please women, uh, men. Uh-huh. And right now, sexual immorality is like everywhere. Yeah. And you go there, these women, they don't care whether you're married or not. They will tell yeah. you that. That woman, it's for you when you go home. But when you are here, yeah. we, are you, we are the one to take care of you. Yeah. So, uh, and all of that, it goes back to those initiation ceremonies. And all yeah. of these men who leave their wives and go to other women, it is all coming back mm-hmm. to these very same practices. Yeah, and you know, it's very troubling to try to raise children in this environment very uh you know if you especially if you're raising a daughter Mm. uh because not only do you have this incredible uh sexual culture Mm. you also have an environment where where girls are taught from a very young age to do whatever men or boys tell them Mm. to do Mm. um i mean even even to the point that in some families, the mother has to obey the sons. Right. Because the sons are male and right. the mother is female. Right. And so you have this incredible patriarchy where, uh, you know, a girl, if she's propositioned by a boy, like she has no ability really to say no. Mm, that's true. And, uh, and so it just is incredibly... Um, it's incredibly scary to to try to raise Christian children in this type of environment, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, and I think that's where our challenge comes uh, from to help to remove this kind of thinking in people, yeah, in uh, uh, trying to maybe reach out to the young generation to help yeah. them understand how this is supposed yeah. to be done biblically. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, you know, it's an uphill climb because we have um, Western aid or- organizations mm. uh, like USAID, AID, um, the European organizations, the WHO and the United Nations, whose solution to these problems obviously is condoms and abortion. Yes. And, um, you know, the, what we call the morning after pill, Mm. um, which, which only solves the consequences of the action in a physical way, Mm. Mm. uh, which, you know, obviously we know that this type of sexual immorality is doing much more to people than causing them to have HIV mm. or unwanted pregnancies. Right, right, right. Like it is wounding and destroying people from the inside out. That's very true. And it is, it is in, fact, in fact destroying the, the marriage itself. Yeah. People who do not have a, 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 a true regard or respect for marriage yeah. really in this society. 
Uh, that's why we, we are saying that uh, whenever the man, the man says, I'm done, he's done, he goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, and uh, I've seen, it's not even just if uh, right now, uh, as things are changing and even uh, um, women also, they've started even acting in the, in the same way, yeah. mainly in, the, uh, in, the, in those cultures where a man comes and stay at the, after the woman's side. Mm -hmm. If the a woman is tired with this man, would just chase the man and yeah. uh, they don't care. Uh, they, she doesn't care whether yeah you know, how the children yeah. will be raised or yeah. So okay, here's the challenge in ministry. It's something we've you know talked about a lot, and we've had to confront in our pastor training and at Gospel Life Baptist Church. You know, you have people coming to the church from all different backgrounds, all different ways that they started their marriage. Um, what do we do now? Yeah. Like there are people who started marriage the wrong way. Mm. They got a girl pregnant and they moved in together and, uh, and yet they're professed Christians. Mm. They're in the church. Maybe they're even the pastor yeah. of the church. Right. What, where do you even start? Right, right. It's very challenging. It, it has been a very big challenge uh, to help in those situations. And um, uh, uh, when we come, so, so uh, where, the other thing which uh, it's so challenging as well, yeah. uh, the, when they are married in such a way or when they're married traditionally, uh, they do not have uh, God as the uh, the middle man, uh, yeah. the middle uh, person yeah. uh, in their marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So they have these uncles and the tradition. And uh, we, uh, in church, to help such marriages, you can tell them something, uh, something else, and then they'll go to their, uh, they will still go to their, uh, to their uncles, and yeah. they, and they'll be advised something else, and they'll yeah. follow what their uncles told them. Yeah, so they're getting uh, more traditional, unbiblical advice from their family yes. about how to deal with problems in their marriage. Yes. Um, you know, things like the uncles will come and threaten the husband. Yes, and, you know, there's their violence is, is threatened. Right. And, or, you know, you this guy's not taking care of you, just leave him. Right. Or, you know, it's just very unbiblical advice, and you try to give them the biblical advice, yeah. and it just doesn't and, register. Right. And you see, it's so troubling, even at times when, for example, maybe the husband has been unfaithful, Mm -hmm. And the husband has been the one taking care of the family financially, maybe sending the kids to school, mm -hmm. what, and take, take, the, the, the wife doesn't do anything, and maybe stays at home and just be there and taking care of the house. The husband is unfaithful. And then the wife takes the issue to the uncles, and the, uh, the, 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 the husband threatens to leave the wife and the uncles will advise the wife to just bear, uh, to just be patient because if he, the husband leaves, uh, leaves her, uh, she would, uh, the children will never be, uh, yeah. been taken care of. Mm. So there's just all kinds of problems with, yeah. uh, with these issues. And, yeah, so, uh, and with that kind of issue, you can advise the, the, the wife and, uh, help the wife, but the uh, the uh, from a biblical point of view. But what we have seen uh, happening a lot uh, it, because of that fear that 
I don't want to lose my uh, husband who is taking care of my children mm-hmm. and uh, I'm taking care of me. So it's better I'll just uh, let this go and uh, yeah. I'll just forget about it and that let he's him doing. Do whatever he yeah, wants he, to let do. him do whatever he's doing. So long, I want to still keep him. And yeah. That's so bad yeah. because um the, the uh, they this woman is failing even to think biblically yeah. uh, and the culture has really pushed yeah. her to think that way yeah yeah that adultery is okay mm. um you know one thing that approach that i've taken with the pastors is to explain to them biblically what marriage is so marriage is you know that genesis 2 model where before God, a man and a woman leave their families and come together as one flesh Mm. before God. And so I've emphasized to them that it doesn't matter how your marriage started, Mm. whether you recognize Mm. that this is what was happening or not. You may have just thought, I got her pregnant and I'm moving in with her. That doesn't matter. Mm. Before God, this is what happened. So whether you get married in a church or not, and whether or not the pastor stands before you and teaches you through that ceremony that this is what's happening, that's what's happened. Right. And so you are accountable to God's design for marriage, not any other method of marriage. That's cool. um, at the end of the day, God's the one that's going to... Um, hold you accountable and the church is to hold you accountable to god's design right um so wherever you thought you were starting this is where you're at yeah, now yeah and and uh, to just add on that uh even um i remember i was uh, challenging the youth at the church uh, when we talked the uh, issue of uh, marriage uh we uh, i was helping them to understand that uh when you're married now as believers in the church uh, whether you were married traditionally um, uh, uh, at the chief's play, uh, house, uh, but now when you are born again, the uh, Christian, uh, now God is the one who decides how you conduct yourselves yeah. in that marriage. Yeah. And uh, it's very important that if there is anything happening in your marriage, you want to be resolved, you have to come to your pastor because it is yeah. your pastor who can help you understand what God is saying in those yeah. situations yeah. Uh, so that we uh, avoid this issue of going to people. Uh, with young people, yeah. the challenge is to try to push them towards having a church wedding. Yeah. Um, because a church wedding is more than just an event like it is a teaching opportunity. Not only do you have the premarital counseling from your pastor, mm. but also the ceremony itself is designed to teach you what the Bible teaches about marriage right. and what your responsibilities are before God and how it can be ended properly, uh, which is is by death. Yeah. And you know, you're to be faithful to this person, this alone, and all those things uh, that we may take for granted in a Western setting. The, the problem is that there's a mentality that to have a church wedding, I have to have this expensive uh, Western-style event. Yes the, yes, the wedding dress, the suit, the food, the dancing. And I don't have 
um, $300 or $500 to have that kind of ceremony. So I can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, we're still waiting for young people to get it to a degree that they're able to say, we're just going to put on our nicest clothes that we already have and stand up before the pastor at the end of a regular Sunday morning worship service and get married. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's all it takes. Yeah. Um, but their mentality is, I can't, I can't have a church wedding because I don't have the money for yeah, a church wedding. Yeah, yeah. There is the, always that expectation that if you are doing a wedding at the church, you have to have all kinds of things planned, food, or yeah. a lot of things, and uh, that kind of mentality really goes into a lot of young people's uh, uh, minds. Yeah, because uh, I was uh, even talking to a certain guy. And uh, he had just impregnated a girl, and then uh, because he has impregnated the girl, they went and uh, he went and married the girl traditionally. Yeah. And I was saying uh, to this guy that if that was so easy for you to just marry her that way, uh, because you have just impregnated her, yeah. why didn't you do it before you you impregnated her? Yeah. Uh, because you could have just come to church, tell your pastor, yeah. I found this girl, yeah. I want to marry her. It would yeah. be. Very simple. Yeah. I, the, the wedding will be done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but he was waiting and uh, uh, and he was thinking has to have this amount of money. Yeah. But that kind of waiting put him in, in those temptation. temptations. And then mm -hmm. at the end, they don't even come back to church. They yeah. just straight go to the tradition. Since the tradition is easy, yeah. so they will just go straight to the tradition and marry traditionally. Yeah. And then the church is uh, being unnoticed yeah. too and, late. And then you know, we have all these families that are struggling yeah. because they don't know what they've gotten themselves into. Mm. And it's a lot harder to fix um, those situations than it is to start your life off the right mm, way. Mm. Um, and, but you know, there's grace and God can transform those marriages. And we've seen some instances of that, uh, but um, it's difficult. It it's is very difficult to, to minister here to families that start that wrong way. Yeah. And, you know, now they don't know how to, how to get on the right <laughs> foot. That's true. Yeah. I think their only hope uh, uh, really to, uh, correct things in marriages right now. Yeah, first of all, it's the gospel. And uh, uh, secondly, I think it's the uh, reaching out to the youth. Yeah. Um, reaching out to the youths, giving them the right way of thinking when it yeah. comes to marriage. Yeah. Uh, but the the marriages which are already established on wrong foundation, yeah. really it's so hard. I just, uh, there's one more story that comes to mind before we wrap this up. Uh, that really illustrates that Malawi and and probably what we're talking about in Malawi is applicable across sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it, it's like Corinth mm. in a lot of ways, yes. you know, the sexual immorality in Corinth. Um, and we had a testimony from one of our students last term. I taught evangelism, so they were out sharing the gospel and one of the students came into class to give this testimony of sharing the gospel with some young people. And he was going through the Ten Commandments, which we teach our students to use the Ten Commandments to help people recognize that they're a sinner. Mm. And uh, so he gets to uh, do not commit adultery. And the young people are just 
you know, amazed right. at, why are you telling us this? And the thing that they said to him almost came directly out of Corinth. Yeah. Like, if we're hungry, we need to eat. Yeah. Or something like that, <laughs> uh, which is almost exactly from 1 Corinthians, true, the, the quote that Paul is confronting from Corinth right, is right. Uh, the body's made for food and food for the body, right. uh, which is their way of saying if you have a sexual desire, then that's to f- be fulfilling your sexual desire. Right. And you and I were talking about something the other day that kind of surprised me because we think of Africa as a place where uh, homosexuality is is taboo, mm. it is completely rejected, and of course you know, worldwide in the Methodist church and the Anglican church, it's the African bishops that have held uh, the the worldwide uh, denominations mm. more to their feet to the fire on traditional marriage, right. while the, the people from Europe and America want to accept same-sex marriage and all that stuff. Mm. But um, that's changing. It is. And you were telling me even in our neighborhood, there's uh, a transgender... Uh, a woman yes, who's yes. pretending to be a man yes, has yes. sex with women. Yes, yes, and it's yes. it's known. It's not condemned. No, yeah. So uh, really, things are, as we are saying that things are really changing, uh, yeah. and uh, I think we have talked about it even in our culture. Things which we the people used to really hold on to, yeah. they are no now changed a lot, and they are not. They're not the fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, right now uh, uh, we are seeing a lot of change, even in terms of this, what we are calling homosexuality. Yeah. And it, right now it's in the communities where you feel as if people were supposed to be uh, to be surprised. Why is this woman doing things like this? But people even know her. That yeah. that's her her lifestyle. Yeah, and they have accepted her yeah. that way. And I, I, there was a, a guy who was sharing a story about her. Mm-hmm. A friend was telling this person that, "Oh, I am dating that that girl," and this say this friend said, "No, no, 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 you are not dating that girl because you can't date that girl." She's not your type. <laughs> and this guy was saying, no, I'm dead. And later on, he, she, he came to uh, understand that, oh, yeah, you are right. <laughs> <laughs> but the point, the point is, you know, when your appetites to tell you what's right. There's no, there are no boundaries. Yes, you're just following whatever your desires yeah, lead you to. Yeah, and so even though there's been this traditional rejection of homosexuality and transgenderism in Africa, you know, in five or ten years, that's going to be gone. It will be an a norm yeah. of the society. Yeah, that's what we are seeing right now. Yeah, and so you know, the thing about Africa that's so amazing is the speed at which changes take place. Yes. Here. Uh, so, you know, you go back to 1910, there's only like 8% of Africans that identify as Christian. Yeah. And most of those are from the Ethiopian Orthodox, mm. the Coptic Orthodox, and some, you know, West white South Africans. Mm. Um, and then today, something like 65% of Africans identify as Christian. Mm. Like that change took place rapidly mm. but 
what we're what I don't think people are going to be ready for is that the same trend towards secularization mm. that we saw in America that took 50 to 100 years mm. is going to happen in Africa in 10 or 20 years. Right. Um, and people are not going to be ready for that. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, because you see, we are, even uh, many people, um, they are not seeing this uh, really. So because they're not seeing it, uh, they're not addressing it. Mm -hmm. uh, we are just saying, oh, we don't accept these things. But you see, that's just uh, an outside talk. Yeah. Inwardly, it is really growing and it is growing very strong. Yeah. And we are not addressing it. And one day it will just be out yeah. and it will be difficult to yeah. tell me. I, I told you that was the last story, but <laughs> I have to say, say one more thing because, uh, you know, this is uh, such an important issue. Um, so my kids for a little while went to an international school mm. in town and the majority of the students were Malawian students. Most of them, uh, there were a few Muslim students, but most of them go to church. Mm. Um, there, a lot of them have parents who were professionals or, or professors at mm. uh, the university here, um, but have a very conservative uh, Christian understanding of marriage mm. and sexuality um, that they want to raise their children with. Uh, it came time for the sexual education uh, uh, part of their instruction, mm. and the school sent out a notice and, and said, "If any parents want to see what we're gonna we're gonna use videos. If any parents want to see the videos beforehand, let us know." Um, Stacy and I were the only parents who asked to see those videos mm. uh, because we come from America <laughs> right. and we like that sets off alarm bells yeah, yeah, in man. our head. Like we know how these programs are used to uh, brainwash children into accepting things that their families would never say is OK. Right, right. So we asked for those videos and we were astounded mm. at what was being shown. Um, it was a video that said, you know, there's all kinds of relationships. Right. Um, here, my parents are married, but my uncle and aunt, they're not married. Uh, they just <laughs> live together. Oh. And then my other uncle, he's married to a man. And oh, like it my. was normalizing that. And then it had um, almost pornographic cartoons showing how babies are made. Oh, man. Um, so we said, you know, we're not going to let our children sit through this. Right. We're keeping them home. And we told some of the people we know this was the decision we made. And they said, well, send that to us because it was just a file. So we yeah. sent it to them. Next thing we know, it had been sent throughout the entire parent community across the school. Yeah. And the Malawians uh, were outraged that the Western teachers, mostly from the UK, were pushing this in Malawi mm. to their students, but at the end of the day, they didn't take their kids out of the classroom. Right, they left them there <laughs> to to see all of this stuff. Uh. Um, so it's just it's just amazing, like the kind of the what's what's the word? It, there's there's a disconnect between. Uh, what we're allowing to be brought in and what people actually believe in their homes yeah. and how the responsibility they feel like they should take in their right. children's education. Right. At the end of the day, education is for schools. Yeah. 
So we we can be upset about it, but we're not going to do anything about it because we're not, we don't have the responsibility over that. Yeah. Whereas we come from a Christian perspective in America where we can use a school to educate our children, but the responsibility at the end of the day is our responsibility as yeah, parents yeah. that we're delegating to this school. Yeah. Um, and it was the complete opposite. And the reality is that you have a lot of Western influence in the schools. Yeah. Not just international schools like we send our kids to, but every, every public school yeah, in Malawi yeah. is getting funding from Western organizations mm. to do sexual education mm. uh, stuff. Right. And um, what are the kids going to walk away with? They're going to walk away with the European uh, liberal American education about sexuality. Yeah. And the parents don't even know what's happening. And you see, that's why it's so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because these things are not addressed, uh, that's why they will come out and then will not know what to do. Yeah. Uh, because we have allowed it to be going on and we haven't paid attention to, yeah. that, to such, such things. Yeah. And uh, I think I was, uh, I was uh, as we are finishing, I, I was, uh, I was just thinking through that, and uh, it it all goes back even to the issue of uh, uh, the the way the the, the families are, are set up uh, mm-hmm. here, and uh, as a father and a mother, we are always thinking that it's not our responsibility to teach our kids. Yeah, it's the responsibility if. A child is uh, uh, has made a mistake. Uh-huh. Uh, the father or the mother will speak to the uncle mm-hmm. to speak to the child. Yeah. Uh, of, uh, I remember of the situation where uh, the father told uh, uh, a chairman in the community to come and discipline his own child. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so the the mentality is. Parents, we are not responsible to teach our kids. Yeah. The community or other people are the ones to help us teach our kids. Yeah. And that kind of thinking has, is the one which even as you, you, are, you are even mentioning it, that yeah. you have all of these Marian parents, uh-huh. uh, they are not concerned at all to see what are our kids going to learn from, the, or what kind yeah. of video is that? Because they have really removed themselves from that kind of responsibility. Yeah. And, Oh, they'll do what is right. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't yeah. know what we're talking. That's why we have all kinds of yeah. crazy things. Uh, you know, years ago, Hillary Clinton wrote a book called, I think it was called It Takes a Village, which was the idea that you can't raise children on your own. Mm. It takes a, the entire community to raise children, which there's truth in. But the point is, if you have that mentality at the end of the day, no one's raising the yes, children. Yes. If it's everyone's responsibility, it's no one's responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and unfortunately, that's we're seeing the fruits of that in America. We're seeing it here. Yeah. And um, that just means that you and I have a big, big job ahead of us uh, yes, uh, for true. years and years to come. And I'm thankful that uh, I get to work with someone who, who thinks carefully through this yeah. and has tried to do things right in your own life yeah. and in your marriage and raising your son Jedediah. Yeah. And, uh, and we also have other uh, people we work with that are trying to do what's right um, and be an example in from the mission to others. 
but still we've got a long way to we go. Ha- we have we have a long way to go and uh praying for us to, so that we be examples to as you have said. Yeah. Examples and uh, uh and uh, uh and teach uh the younger generation and even confront these issues uh, with those uh, family which have already been established on wrong foundations. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for much. being on the podcast Thanks. today. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Gospel Life Go. God provides for the needs of Gospel Life through your prayers and gifts. To become a prayer or giving partner, go to gospellife.org. We hope you join us in glorifying God by growing disciples who make disciples. We hope that you live a Gospel Life.